Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? And welcome to a brand new episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast regularly recorded at King's Comics in Sydney, which is 310 Pitt Street. If you like any of the books, the sound of any of the books that we talk about in this episode, you can always come find them when you're in Sydney at King's Comics, uh, or you can find them online, kingscomics.com. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coops. Who? What? She's back, everybody. The return <laughs> is Shinbone. <laughs> Couldn't uh, keep me away. I don't know why she was gone. Uh, I've got no idea at no, all. No, no, none. Just a secret mission. So, I gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> the most secret mission of all. Yep. Uh, you're a mum now. Yeah. We're officially Whoa. a parenting slash comics podcast. We're <laughs> yeah. going to change the category on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly going to be talking about nappy reviews. I have a lot of opinions about cloth nappies now. Yeah, my, my opinion is that you should not use them. Yeah, they're really, they're a bit of a headache. <laughs> Like, no matter how good your intentions are. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, not, I'm just really like an earth mother, but um, not nah, just landfill all the way. And yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you put your child in something that was named after a hug? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, more nappy reviews will continue yep. later on in the episode. But first, we've got to review a bunch of fucking boring comics. Ugh, Christ. Uh, every single week, we review all of last week's comics, let you know which were the good ones, the ones that you should be reading to, um, as well, and also the ones maybe you should avoid. Yeah. It's a community service that we that we do for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and we're going to go through all of the books from Marvel, DC, Image, and more. But we begin every episode by reviewing all the number ones that came out last week in a little segment that we like to call First Things First. Although this is a particularly big segment because there were a lot of number ones last week. Yeah, and I did not read, like, I, I think I've read, like, judging by our piles, like a third. <laughs> Shinbone's back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be maximum, like... I don't remember what was in this because I read it at three in the morning when I was breastfeeding. Yeah. So mm. when did you, So did you have a break from reading comics at all? No, because I love comics. And so <laughs> like the, the week after I gave birth, I came into Kings to pick up comics and to introduce um, baby Shatterstar to the, to the gang. Young Shatterstar. Young Shatterstar. And then. Shatterstar since Coombs then, as Shatterstar, well. Yeah, Shatterstar Nate Coombs. doesn't get a look in. <laughs> <laughs> um, and since then I've just made Nate go in and pick me up comics every week because. I really like them. <laughs> <laughs> and also, um, uh, you you went into labor like less than a day after we finished yeah. recording the last episode you were on. Yeah. 
So yeah, the next it, day. That's so wild. It's so crazy. <laughs> um, cool. So let's start uh, talking about these ones. Um, we're going to kick things off with a Greg Pak double feature. Woo! He wrote two number ones this week. Um, one of them came out on Marvel. The other one came out on Boom. Let's review the Marvel one first. Uh, it is this. I don't, uh, this is a mess of. Uh, is this called Generations? The strongest number one. Totally awesome Hulk and Banner Hulk together. Also. Ugh. Since Watch. when is he Banner Hulk? Since now there's two Hulks. And you have well, to just make one of them to- the totally awesome one, and then the other one, like, even just if Hulk. Just, yeah, or <laughs> even if he was called like regular Hulk or old Hulk, just call old all man the, Hulk. all the old yeah, just say I'll put old man in front of all of the uh, all <laughs> the, the old all heroes. I love that, or just all the, all the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, this is a uh, a team up book um, for for some weird reason. Like, we don't really know why this is happening. Yeah. We, I knew those gener- these generations of books are coming. Marvel are doing a bunch of books where the, uh, it's like, you know, celebrating, celebrating all the legacy characters. So, we're going to get one of, you know... Uh, Thor. Thor. Thor and Thor. Yep. Um, so that one's one of the more difficult ones to, uh, yeah. to, to, to describe. <laughs> um, we're going to get one of uh, X-23 as Wolverine and, uh, and Logan as Wolverine. Um, but, I mean... Poor guys. Yeah. Is this going to be part of an event? I don't fucking know. Sorry. <laughs> Just immediately, but it says there's something at the top that says the vanishing point. Like what? This is the this is the time when it's useful to be recording at King, so we can be like, Jim, what does this mean? Um, I don't think even he knows what this means. No, I don't know what this is. So yeah, because this is really confusing, especially considering Banner Hulk, as now I shall call him forever, um, is dead. Yeah, and so this involves some weird like time travel interdimensional nonsense which once you get over that like why why are these two characters together you know what it's this is a totally fine totally fine and the art by um matteo buffagni hmm that's definitely wrong was really great no buffagni that sounds right buffagni matteo buffagni (laughs) i really like um i think he draws he draws a good hulk hulks he draws a good hulks uh so yeah for whatever reason the totally awesome hulk uh is is back is is in the desert the very same desert that we've seen uh david uh, Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk, mm-hmm. um, fight many, many battles, mm-hmm. um, and he's uh, he's locked in a, a battle with um, none other than uh, General Ross. General Ross, and um, is he still a Red Hulk? I guess so. No, but there's another Red Hulk oh, too. Yes, I don't I even have know. No idea what's going on. Marvel. <laughs> Where's the Generations Red Hulk? Book? Yeah, like this is also a good point. These are not the only Hulks that exist. There's also She Hulk and Red Hulk, and sometimes Red She Hulk, and also sometimes Grey Hulk. Yep. And also sometimes Mr. Fix-It. There is Where a, are all these Hulks? There are these terrible... Uh, there's a terrible... Apparently terrible. I've never watched it. But it's like mm. a uh, reality TV like spoof cartoon with all the Hulks in it. What? Yeah. yeah it's like it's actually... It's a cartoon. It, ah, it's, yeah. Like I don't, on I don't, actual I, TV? I don't or? know how many seasons it lasts. I'm sure we have listeners that uh, that watched it for some god yeah. godforsaken reason. But uh, yeah, I didn't because I was like, I don't want to see a reality <laughs> TV show starring Hulks. That sounds terrible. Um, I, would, I would love to see... A regular reality TV show, and then just one Hulk gets thrown in the mix. <laughs> yeah, it's like America's Next Top Model, but with a Hulk. Yeah, and, and no one knows which which of the characters is also a Hulk, mm. and it's a mystery. That sounds good. Uh, that's actually great. That's a, already a great concept. I'm yeah. Into it. All we need to do is invent, like, make Hulk, like the concept of a Hulk, real. Yeah. <laughs> get get working on it, scientists. Um, speaking of scientists, Bruce Banner is one, and he's in this comic, which sees uh. Yeah, the totally awesome Hulk go back to his time. They start fighting, and as we know, um, uh, Amadeus Cho, aka the totally awesome Hulk, has control over the Hulk within him, um, and fucking loves being a Hulk, and which great. is the it's totally awesome antithesis of um, Bruce Banner's life as the Hulk. But um, as they as they fight and um, and fight 
other beings uh, in this in this totally fun kind of one and done issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that maybe Amadeus isn't as control of the monster within him as he mm-hmm. thinks, and he has to finally admit that this gift is a curse. Oh no! So I mean. What could have just been this one and done that is forgotten, mm-hmm. I think, like, may, may have ramifications. I mean, because obviously Cho is not going to be the, the totally awesome Hulk forever. Yeah, let's um, hope not. And also, I, does anyone, do we care about the renumbering? Renumbering is fine. Uh, I mean, okay, so yeah, the next, suddenly it's Incredible Hulk 709. Yeah. I care about the renumbering because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm, like, I, it, it is to appeal to this tiny amount of people that... that collect them but there's no such thing as incredible hulk number 708 yeah so you don't just get to go 709 just because mm, that's yeah. true but i also think that like i wish they would just stick to stick to numbering because like i think oh, yeah, it, totally i think that they overestimate how much people are like overwhelmed by high numbers i don't think people really give a shit about stuff like that i don't think people are like oh finally a number one now i can jump on yeah but i mean i i, w- I would i wouldn't have a problem with them if they just kept these yes, numbers, exactly. but the fact that they've gone back and, and restarted it so many times, it's very and then silly. they're just going to include like the um, the Ultimate Spider-Man one, like the the various like weird events that they've uh. that they've kept as, as canon. So there are like these five issue miniseries that make up the you know four hundred mm. and whatever they're they're, they're going to come back to. It just doesn't make any sense. It's very silly. Anyway, I, I like that DC have two. They have yeah. detective and action. That makes sense. Those, those they're really long running books. Yeah, Sp- like they, they Marvel should do it with, with like Spider Man. Totally, and maybe the Hulk. I don't know. Fuck. But anyway, next issue they're returning to Planet Hulk, which is kind of cool. W- which Hulk is returning to Planet Hulk though? You got to assume it's Amadeus. Look, he's spiky hair. Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> oh, Amadeus. Uh, so yeah, um, not a an amazing start to generations, but through no fault of Greg Pax, I think no. it's just like they should have explained why these two. Uh, heroes are together in the first place. Mm, Why is yeah? Just that he just wakes up back in time. Is that what every single book is going to like? Are we going to have every single one of these older heroes not trusting the younger hero, but the younger hero knowing who that is and therefore try, I don't, like that's this is going to get pretty old really, really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Greg Pak wrote another book this week that came out through Boom Studios mm-hmm. um, with art by Takeshi Miyazawa, who you may remember from uh, filling issues of Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, this book is called Mech Cadet U and also features great colors from uh, Triona Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, the first of two big robot comics that we're about to review a number one issue of in this uh, very episode. Um, and this was by far my favorite, maybe even my favorite, definitely my favorite number one this week and maybe yeah. even my favorite issue overall. This was such a like good, fun comic. I enjoyed this so thoroughly. So we are, we are in a world where every year three big robots come down from the sky and choose a soldier to, uh, to, to live within them. <laughs> but basically it's like yeah like um these these mechs come from planet mech or some shit mm-hmm. um and and they yeah they they they, they, need, they choose a worthy person to control to control them and i guess they fight crime or something once once they're in, in the, within the mech uh and so we meet a uh, a young boy who is uh a, he and his his mother are, are the genitorial staff At of the cadet this school that's right this cadet school and this one woman in particular a young woman who is who is you know who has her heart set on being chosen by the mech um, is quite rude to this boy, and, and you get the impression that everyone is. No one really treats this janitor with much respect. Um, he's very young too. You've got mm. you to worry about like what's this guy's hourly rate? Yeah, absolutely. He's like, like he'd be like what twelve. What are the rules on this earth regarding child? I guess like labor. yeah. I guess if if big robots arrived on Earth, I would be like you know what award rates don't, aren't important. <laughs> 
Um, Get so, those eight-year-olds working. Uh, so a robot is uh, is late to the big ceremony. Um, and uh, on his way there, he dropped it. He kind of like a piece of his, his head paneling falls off, and our hero, uh, the young janitor boy, uh, returns the uh, the the panel to him. And wouldn't you know it, this lead this act of kindness means that uh, the robot chooses our little boy, uh, our our our, gen- our junior janitor, our junior uh, to to be his commandeer. Uh, much to the uh, this disgust of the woman, the girl who was rude to him at the start of the issue. Uh, it's a really, really simple, easy to get um, story within a very high concept world, and I, yeah. I love, I love those kind of stories. Um, yeah, Greg and- Pak does an amazing job of like introducing this world, um, very. Sorry, <laughs> such baby rain. He, do- he introduces this really, really well, really efficiently. Gives us the story um, without sort of like over pandering and over explaining. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. And he sets up, like, even immediately, like, a really cool... We discover that this sort of government agency has created their own mech, which is obviously going to be evil and bad. Well, especially when you learn that the, the, the pilot that they choose is the uh, the girl who was rude to the junior mm. at the start of the issue. Um, this is a great, great series, like, off to a great start. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know if it's a great series yet. I assume it will be. So far, so good. Yeah, um, this is an awesome number one. Just the, you know, just kind of... it. it, it, it Trotted along at a great pace. It, it, it introduced you to the, to the world and the, and the many characters within it, and uh, told a, told a great side of a story. And the art was really cute and fun, and I really like that too. Yeah, me too. This is a great a great one for all ages too. But an all ages one where you could read it as an adult without going. I'm reading a kids book. Yeah, totally. Um, it's good. Oh wow, you got a very Astro yeah. Boy referencing variant too. The cover's amazing. So the second big robot comic um, is Robotech number one. I out, didn't read this. Came out through Titan. Um, Robotech was a 80s cartoon. I'm not sure if he's had comics in the past, but he was like, uh, you know, about like, like Voltron. and yeah. tra- He was like in the age of Voltron and Transformers and I guess ROM. So like yeah. we fucking loved ripping off Japanese <laughs> culture in the 80s. Just the robot part of it. Yeah, just and robots. So there were, there were many. Hey, Nate, did you grow up with Robotech? Uh, no, but I tried to pretend in front of Scott Sheen. Like, <laughs> I was going to say the only reason that I know uh, that I've heard of Robotech is because of Scott Sheen's at King's Comics and also Jim, who both. Like, Scott is amazing because if you say to him, hey, Scott, have you seen this? Any TV show, any movie, doesn't matter how obscure, he'll go, oh, yeah, 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 I really liked it. <laughs> So I, I, I'm not Scott Sheens, unfortunately. Um, I have no idea um, of this uh, of this franchise, really. Um, and I don't think this issue did a very good job of introducing us mm. to anyone in this world. You didn't read it. Don't no, I didn't read it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just agreeing. Yeah, you're probably right. So look, I mean, if you are a fan of this franchise, it features um, a pretty great artwork by Marco Torini. So I appreciated it on that level. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was not sucked into this world in, in, at all. Um, mm. If you're already a fan and this was exactly what you wanted, let us know. Serious issues at kingscomic.com at serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. There's many nice. ways to get in contact with us, as you'll find out throughout the show. Over to Image now for a... Uh, we've got two new number ones from Image. Uh, always exciting when we get a brand new Image series. This one is... Uh, by Jay Faber with um, he wrote this with uh, art by Sumeye Kesgen and colors by Ron Riley. This book is called Elsewhere and uh, is all about missing people. Um, basically, uh, Amelia Earhart, the the pilot who went missing at some point, 
Like, okay, it's, it's hard enough reading comics <laughs> when you, there is a level of expectation when you turn that final page and it's a villain that hasn't showed up in 20 years that you yeah. know who that is. This book expects you to know all about people who have been lost throughout time. <laughs> Who, okay, so I also didn't read this. I don't know you why. Didn't read no, I missed it. This is a good book. Okay, first and foremost, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That's not that I'm criticizing anything to do with this book. Basically, this is a fantasy book. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Birthright. Did you read that image mm-hmm. series about the that little boy who goes missing? Yep. Uh, and then comes back, and he's been like made the king of like this fantasy world in, yep. in the ten years that he's been missing, or whatever twenty years he's been missing. Um, this is like that, except instead of little boy, like random little dudes, um, it is uh, famous people and just people in general who have gone missing throughout history. Okay. And so we got Amelia Earhart. You know cool. who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the pilot in the... Uh, yep. Cool that? female when, pilot. When, when was that? Let's, let's guess and get people angry at us for not knowing history. Yay. Uh, 2014. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, we, uh, we learn as the, as the book continues that there are other people that have, that have been found in this fantasy world and jailed. Oh, um, by the by, I guess the the, the bad bad guys in this world. Um, people kind of they, they speak English, even though they don't call it English. But then there are, there are some words that Amelia uses, like plane, that they're like, "What are you talking about?" And the one guy's like, "I've heard one person use that word before. He's in jail. She thinks it's her flying partner, mm-hmm. but instead it is uh, another apparently famous uh, person who got who went missing. DB Cooper. Well, do you know who DB Cooper is? Absolutely not. Who I is mean, he? I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, guys, I, I was hoping you did. No. Um, I guess, you know, if, if you are someone who likes to get high and read Wikipedia, which I... I which, you is, know what? <laughs> yeah, it's totally something that that, that that appeals to both of us. But uh, I've never, I've ne- I guess, you know, I've never watched like the History Channel randomly and kind of learned about missing people. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I do like history and I'm annoyed you, that man. I don't know. <laughs> and I consider myself a... A buff? I don't, know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I have no idea who that is. He looks like he might be like a spy or something. Or like some kind of agent. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Um, I mean, or we could just check Wikipedia while potentially while high. No way. Uh, later on. Um, but uh, yeah, so elsewhere. We need you guys to get one, high and check it for us. Please. Just make sure you're <laughs> high. Don't add us unless you're high. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, number one, I thought was a really cool book in spite of me being dumb and not knowing. Actually, you know, that's a very specific part of history. Totally. Like I, 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 I knew, know enough about history to read all of Brian Wood's Rebel series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's very, very like reliant on the era that it's set in. Uh, this is, uh, yeah. I mean, look, if, if you love uh, mysteries of the ages, specifically, mm-hmm. especially missing peoples, um, then definitely check out elsewhere. But also, if you'd like fantasy books featuring like the fish out of water scenario, so someone from our world in a fantasy setting, that's uh, it's a really good example of that. Cool. I'll be che- I'll be sticking with this series. Yeah. I might just read like people who have gone missing on Wikipedia <laughs> first. Yeah, I'm going to try and actually read that because that sounds cool. Uh, another number one is uh, the return to a series that I've never read called Codename Babushka. I read the first issue of the first story arc and just went like, I can't really be bothered with this. Because it was just sort of like, I don't want to be rude, but like just slightly lazy, communist, Russian, sexy lady spy. Yeah. I got the, that's what I got from from my uh, this this one issue. Having not, I, like I I wasn't sure if the characters were just boring and underwritten, or they had been built up a lot in the previous series. So mm. you expect to kind of go, oh, that's totally what they would say. I don't know, but um, what is interesting though is this is written by An- Anthony Johnston, and he wrote the graphic novel that the uh, new Shelley's Theron movie uh, Atomic Blonde right, right, right. was Coldest set on. Set in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a good book. It's a good book? Yeah. Well, so this is his series. Um, oh. And it's uh, with oh. art by Shari Chankhammer and Simon Boland. 
So look, I'm, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I have not read the first mm. series. Um, it did again. You know, it's not a good entry point if you have not. So if you have not read it, just go to the first series instead. Yeah, it's very weird because like Cold City is quite a serious sort of Cold War era spy drama, and this then this is, is quite like pulpy. lighthearted and frivolous. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about a book that I'm sure you enjoyed quite a lot. Yeah. New God Special through DC. Another one. Uh, another one of DC's efforts to celebrate Jack Kirby. Do you think that like Marvel planned to celebrate 100 years of Jack Kirby as well, or they just saw DC were doing it and they were like, oh fuck it? Like I don't know. Because he nah. Jack, Jack Kirby probably did more for Marvel than he did at DC, right? Totally, but like. They don't want to admit it because <laughs> Stan's still alive. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, of course. I don't yeah, know if that's yeah, yeah. true. That's me being like casting huge aspersions. Um, but I don't know if Marvel have ever like appropriately recognized how much Kirby did for them. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't like, Stan Lee is in his, what, like late, mid 90s mm. now. You can't really, it's hard to criticize. Yeah. Him. So Stan Lee dies and then suddenly Marvel is celebrating Jack Kirby's like 103rd <laughs> birthday. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting a date on it. <laughs> Stanley, three more years. Oh, man. Better get him many cameos. Yeah, isn't that all he does now? They're just like, like yeah. Marvel are like, oh, like we need you for the next week. We're just going to film 100 cameo like appearances. Yeah, I'm sure. So you can appear in everything. Um, anyway. Do you reckon we'll ever get to the point where, we, where we'll see CGI Stanley? Oh, God. Like hologram Stan? Yeah. Uh, probably. Yikes. Uh, new God Special celebrates uh, the New Gods, um, one of Jack Kirby's uh, kind of probably the, the most famous creation for DC. Yeah. Um, best known for being uh, where we met Orion um, and Darkseid and Calabac. And, and Mr. Miracle and Big Barter and Granny Goodness. And I flippin' love, flippin love the New Gods. He's just, yeah. yeah Jack Kirby was one of the most like, Blindingly creative people, um, and so yeah, this is this is a uh, an anthology book. You have a new story um, about Orion fighting Calabac, his uh, half brother mm-hmm. of Darkseid, um, uh, in a in a story called Orion of New Genesis, um, written and penciled by Shane Davis, inks by Michelle Delecki, and colors by Alex Sinclair, and it is um, it definitely like kind of treads the line between being like the modern version of Orion that we know, mm-hmm. and also be, feeling quite throwback to to kirby um as far as like the dramatic side of these these comics always are like mm-hmm. you know like announcing you're going to do something just while you're doing it yep that kind of stuff um and i loved uh this kind of you know orion despite being um from this like you know dark side's blood um and dark side is this enormous monster uh orion just looks like a normal dude but mm. this uh this story kind of revealed his more monstrous side that he you know, uses a mother box, I guess, to hide. Mm. Um, and I liked, I liked having read the the Mike Allred um, Young Animal Bug Forager mm. series. It was fun seeing Forager show up in this because yep. it's a character that I've not actually read anything of besides the Allred stuff. Um, and then we get a, uh, a really, really great little five pager by written and drawn by um, the uh, fantastic uh, Walt Simonson. Yep, um, which I loved. I loved. really good fun. Just lots of big giant fish with big gnashing teeth, and just like he's man, his pencils are so good. Absolutely, great colors on these on that street on those five pages by Laura Martin as well. Um, and I have to point out, very very good uh, throwback uh, lettering mm-hmm. by uh, John Workman on that five pager too. I know it's a True. very specific thing to think, but like I, there's something about reading those old Kirby comics and seeing very obviously hand drawn lettering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a, a, a selection of uh, of. Uh, 
of comics by the great man himself, mm-hmm. Jack Kirby, including like him introducing himself with a picture of himself at so his great. drawing board, which I thought was fantastic. Um, do you reckon that was is that definitely drawn by him? Maybe it's by someone else. No, it doesn't like it doesn't look especially Kirby, but it could have been him um, oh, no, it, trying to do a more realistic Kirby. Yeah, drawn by Jack Kirby. There you go. Wow, crazy. Yeah, and then we get this uh, another a couple of um, Orion stories at the back by by the King Kirby. I don't know. So I, good. I, this is a fun, a great celebration of uh, you know if you if you kind of want a good introduction of what the new gods are. This is almost that. I feel like the New Gods is so much more crazy than the, yeah. than the uh, you know, it's it, it, essentially like the, the main part of this that Shane Davis did is just a fight between Caliban and, and, and Orion. Yeah. Um, Cal- what did I say? Caliban. Cal- sorry, Caliban is the mutant. Yeah. Calabac is the New God. Yeah. Don't send us angry emails. <laughs> um, um, yeah, like, I mean, it's hard to get. Unfortunately, there, um, there are these... DC printed like these omnibus editions of Jack Kirby's Fourth World stuff a couple of years ago, um, and they're no longer in print, so it can be hard to track down. You have them his on, stuff. Your, on your yeah, shelves I right do have here. Them. I do right have now, them. I'm gonna steal them. I sure do. Um, they're really, really good because it is like when you read a Kirby comic, it is astonishing how creative he was. Like it just goes in directions that you never would expect, and he, things happen that you would never, you could never imagine. Like he was just totally one of a kind and so if you can track those down in like secondhand i really highly recommend it go do that um so from high concept sci-fi uh by the by the way of old style kirby comics to um high concept sci-fi by a, a, a new team of uh of creators that I've never uh, really read anything of before we have a number one through vault comics called spiritus or mm. spiritus i don't know that was spiritus uh, it's uh, written and designed by Tim Daniel with um, uh, covers and art by Michael Kennedy. Um, and this is a, uh, a book that uh, I finished the first time. Mm. And as I was reading it, I was kind of like glossing over parts of it and going like, I don't know if I like this. Mm. And then I finished it and I was like, wait a minute. And then I went back and I read it again and I fucking realized I loved it yeah. a lot. Yeah. This is a very good... This is like, a great first issue i like it yeah rereading things is not normally something i enjoy doing for this podcast because we read <laughs> way too many comics but uh it was very necessary in this i don't know i, mean, I don't know you're 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 a genius so <laughs> you probably only have to read it, read it the one time um yes that's that is correct but like it's a it's a complicated read um in that it again does a really great job of like introducing the the you to this world without like holding your hand At so all. there's like no it's not really exposition heavy um but it gives you a really solid, like, okay, so on this planet, there are prisoners who are reborn into, like, robotic bodies and then used as slaves, essentially. Yeah, and so we, we meet a woman um, on death row, I guess, which is what mm-hmm. we call it, before being put into one of these robots. And uh, she meets with a man who works for the the firm or whatever that, mm-hmm. that, that create these robot slaves, and he offers her an out. Yeah. Um, which she doesn't take. Um at first, but yeah, he, he he basically gives her one more opportunity to try and like you know say that he'll he'll fight for her, him, mm-hmm. say say that she'll fight on like his side and and he'll he'll give her he'll give her another chance to live. Um, it it's a very uniquely drawn and coloured book. Um, Incredible use of like shadow and colour. Yeah, it's 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 an uneasy like most of these panels are quite uneasy to look at, mm. um, which I guess is what you want from a death row kind of book. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, basically now it, it's almost like they've created this um, 
this superhero or like you know a, a super being who is within this robot body, but she has control mm. in a way. So yeah, she's in a way she has given up her life, but not her mind. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a very unique, like you know, one of those like comics where you're like, cool. I've not read anything like this Absolutely. ever before. And the designs of the robots are so cool. Like there's, you get all these sort of looks at the internal workings of them and it it's midway between sort of, like it looks almost like internal organs, except it's non-organic. Yeah, that's it's right. It's so cool. Yeah. So look, this is this is going to be a really interesting one to follow. Um, and it's good to read a, a book from Vault after, I always bring this up, but mm. Heathen mm-hmm. is the Vault comic that we, uh, that we love. In fact, the trade just came out last week. If you want to pick it up, we, yeah. we've celebrated this book since it was released, uh, written and drawn by Natasha Alterici. Yep. Um, and uh, since then, every other Vault book, I'm like, oh yeah, a new Vault book. And none of, none of them have lived up to like you know how much I loved Heathen, yeah. but I think I really liked the one that came out last week, Alien Bounty Hunter or something. Oh, really? I thought that was sick. Did you not like it? I think I thought it was okay, <laughs> but I just thought it was very by the numbers. I guess it was. I think I really I, enjoyed the art. The art's great. Yeah. yeah, I did say I was going to stick with it for another issue or two. Did I you read really the other it. one that came out last week um, about the woman who'd recently lost her son and then was in a fantasy world? Uh, like, but it could have just been her way of mourning. No, no. Um, Probably good that you didn't read that because you just had a son, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) I would have cried forever. um, But yeah, no, I think that one, that's another one I'm going to stick with too. Mm, But this one in particular, Spiritus, um, definitely... um, Heaps cool. Yeah, very, very cool and unique. Check it out, everybody. Uh, So Bill Willingham is a uh, slightly problematic author who uh, is best known for his work on the Vertigo series of Fables. Um, And uh, I've not read Fables. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the few Vertigo series that I've never never read. Fables is good. It went on for too long. Right. A lot of things do. But um, the first, like, I think I read up to, like, the first 11 volumes, something like that. It's it's good. Awesome. Um, I loved he, – he's actually responsible for writing one of my favorite comics of the year, and that was his contribution to the Jack Kirby mm-hmm. uh, Commandy Challenge yep. um, that DC are doing. Um, so much so that his issue was so good that uh, I don't – I just don't want to read that book anymore because it will never live <laughs> up to how good his issue was. Yeah, that's cool. Um, the, like, the last two. I don't think you got to read, like, review the last two. Yeah, with you, but they have not been good. But no, they haven't been great. It's been disappointing. <laughs> um, but this is a new book that he started called Lark's Killer, out through a uh, an imprint that I've never heard of before called Devil's Due First Comics, uh, with art by Mark Dos Santos. And this is a, a fantasy series that um, starts off by showing you the prologue, mm. in which we. Uh, in which we recount an incident taking place long after the main events of our forthcoming tale. Basically, uh, we, we we see a bunch of treasure hunters uh, infiltrate a uh, a castle and and come face to face with a big dragon who uh, they're expecting to find treasure, but instead he gives them the treasure of a tale. Mm. And so he tells this tale of a again a woman uh, who escapes the real world and ends up in the fantasy world. So not unlike uh, elsewhere. Uh, I. Found myself enjoying the backgrounds of uh, Mark Dos Santos's art, but then not enjoying his uh, his like face facial work or his character work at all. It's very like <coughs> like off brand Disney. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, 100%, like when uh, I was growing up, I didn't have the actual Disney version of Peter Pan. My mom, for some reason, got us this like weird off-brand version. And so for me, that is what Peter Pan is. And I don't know what the hell this weird Disney one is, but that's what this reminds me of. Pete Pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a really good way of, uh, of describing the artwork. It, it's like, it's competent. It just, it, it looks like, um, 
It looks like uh, when when, the, when like like a like a mid nineties video game that had animated yeah. cutscenes. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, very specific. <laughs> um, but I think look, there was enough in the, the. I really enjoyed the prologue part of yeah. them breaking into the into the vault and being told a treasure by an enormous dragon. Because of course I I enjoyed that because the dragon is a big fat guy and like sitting on a throne of bones. That's real Pretty great. Cute. But uh, I don't know if I am uh, at all interested in uh, in the main part of the story. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not going to keep reading this, to be honest. I didn't really like the art. It didn't grab me. And for me, that's a hard thing to sort of move past. Yeah, absolutely. It's very simplistic kind of cartooning without yeah. being stylized at all. And the cover was so cool. I don't know who did the cover. You got a variant. This is what the actual cover uh, looks okay. like. Uh, yeah, well, I should have known. <laughs> um, so... Uh, how many other number ones have you got to read? Just one. Just one to talk about? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, this one. Turok, um, a, uh, a video game on the Nintendo 64 that I sunk some amount of hours into. Nice. So one, Turok, nope. Dinosaur Hunter. Don't know what that is. Um, so I'm not sure if the, the game or the comics of Turok existed first, but uh, I know Valiant published Turok comics for mm-hmm. a time in the 90s. Uh, it is now part of the Sovereigns imprint that uh, Dynamite are publishing mm-hmm. uh, with the Sovereigns main title plus the... Uh, Doctor somebody. Spectre? No. no. Who's the one that looks after the robots? That's a really good series that, 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 yeah, that Sovereign's are doing. Whatever. It's one of those. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, and so this is the third series in the, in the Sovereign's run that mm-hmm. we're getting. Um, it looks like we're going to get uh, yeah Doctor Spectre comic at some point too. Um, this is written by Chuck Wendig with um, art by Alvaro Saraseca. Killed it. Absolutely, Thanks. just a dead on. Thank you. Um, and uh, we've been seeing this uh, this creative team working on the backups in the various Sovereigns titles uh, so far. Which all, we've got like a four-part Turok story leading up to this. And um, this one basically gives us a proper Turok adventure of him breaking out of jail. Um, or not so much breaking out of jail, more just killing everybody yeah. inside it. Intentionally going into jail to kill everyone inside the jail. Um, I loved this. Yeah. Mostly because like... The art, art is the, so great. excellent. And it was just really fun. Yeah, it was a really, really simple action story where there was no no confusion as to who anybody was or what mm-hmm. their motives were, mm-hmm. but it wasn't boring either. No, no, and it just looks great. Great and colors the too. Backup, um, the Doctor Spectre backup was also extremely good fun with it, like such great art. Yeah, I think this is... Um, good one job, the, Dynamite. One of the more surprising things that has come out of this year, I think mm. this whole, all the Sovereign stuff... I'm enjoying all the titles based on it. And I always say, like, you know, if you're if you're enjoying the Valiant books and looking to just kind of spread your wings out a bit further, mm-hmm. this feels very much in line with what Valiant are doing. Great. More, more so than what DC or Marvel are doing. Absolutely. Uh, so definitely check this one out. Turok. Um, and, uh, yeah, it looks like we get a Dr. Spectre backup in this issue and then the, the, the upcoming issues of um, of the Sovereigns, etc. cetera. But um, hopefully that means we get a, a Dr. Dr. Spectre book that... Um, with, with this creative team um, coming out soon. Yeah, because I like this. I like this version of of the Doctor as a sort of layabout. Yeah, a cheeky boy. Type. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a cheeky boy. Um, so let's burn through all these number ones that yep. I read and Siobhan didn't. And at no point Woo. will you ever be like, oh, I wish I read these, Levins. <laughs> um, so first off is uh, Adventure Time and Regular Show, the team up. Um, and this is this is not the weirdest team up book that I read this week. Amazing. Um, I'm a fan of both cartoons, Adventure Time and Regular Show. Particularly I haven't Regular really watched Show. Either. They're fun. They're fun, fun shows. And the Adventure Time comics, uh, when Ryan North was doing them, were, were mm-hmm. very good. But I kind of stopped reading them when he stopped writing them. How fun is it that Ryan North has an Eisner? That's really fun. Yeah. 
Anyway. It's funner than this book was, that's for yeah, sure. That's um, for sure. This is a very convoluted uh, setup for basically uh, the Adventure Time and regular shows, um, which are both cartoons that regularly have portals into different worlds. So, right. like, I don't understand why you needed to have such a really complicated setup mm. as to why they are, but that why their worlds cross. Um, but yeah, their worlds cross, and um, who cares? I guess <laughs> if you, nice. I, I wouldn't even say if you're a fan of both shows to check this out. If you're a fan of both comics based on the show, check this out. Right. You probably already have. Yeah. <laughs> I really, I don't think this really kind of brought anything to me as a fan of the show. Um, now we're recording at Siobhan's house and I always have a coughing fit, but for once, this is not because of something weird in the walls. Excellent. I just, I ate, ate a pistachio nut and it went down the wrong <laughs> it's pipe. It's your own fault. <laughs> um, I also read Galacticon. I tried and I just, I, I feel totally justified in giving up on stuff really quickly at the moment. I went, this is not worth my time. So this is out through Eric Powell's imprint, um, which is called Albatross Funny Books. Um, it's been written by ben- Brendan Small. Does that name mean anything to you? Uh, it sounds like it should, but it he doesn't. is the uh, creator of Metalocalypse, which is an oh, adult okay. cartoon. But yep, more yep. importantly, he's the co-creator of Home Movies, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all mm. time. Um, that he co-created with Lauren Bouchard, who is now better known for creating Bob's Burgers. Um, mm. But Brendan Small, as well as being a um, very gifted uh, voice actor and uh, and writer, he's also an avid metal fan and guitarist. In fact. Right. Um, contributed a bunch of the Metalocalypse songs to uh, Guitar Hero and Rock Band, um, and Galacticon is the name of his debut album, uh, which is like a metal album that you, right. can, that you can hear. Um, you and so this is the uh, uh, the comic that goes along with that album, um, and Galacticon is basically a has-been hero who um, uh, married a princess and then accidentally sent a dick pic, <laughs> uh, an intergalactic <laughs> dink pic, dick pic, which I thought it was a wonderful... Wonderful uh, sentence. Um, Intergalactic dick pic to an underage uh, dancer on another planet. Right. Um, And so the the bulk of this issue is a court case um, with his ex-wife. Oh, God. Which he loses, obviously. um, And uh, then tries to escape the media. um, Right. And and also dodge phone calls from his mother. Um, I would compare this um, to that book that Only Press put out that was written by one of the Archer guys. Yep. What was that called again? You know the one where they're like in space, yeah, and it's a war. You know yes, what I'm talking about? I do, but I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that it is um, actually, you know what? I think this is a better written book than that was. Um, it's the, it's very. I understand why you would have not read past the first three pages because there's a lot of text. Yeah, I didn't get past um, the first page. Well, second page, I was like, oh, that's all new. <laughs> but there was some there was some pretty good gags in this, and uh, I think the most endearing thing about it, uh, beyond the fact that you know that it's just a, a one of six limited series, mm-hmm. um, which is always nice. It's always nice. Um, but uh, he has like a robot companion, a la R two D two, and um, this robot uh, talks in in like with with the sound of a guitar. So his speech bubbles are just filled with guitar tablature. It's cute. It's um, a cute concept. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, well, it was really funny, <laughs> and he, it kind of gives an ex- explanation of if you want to play along his dialogue, <laughs> he he says which 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 pedals you need to use and which effects. <laughs> Pretty That's fun. Cute. So yeah, look, if you're a fan of Metalocalypse, absolutely pick this one up, um, as it's very very much in line with that. It's you know it's gruesome, it's mm. silly jokes. Um, but uh, as a newcomer to to Brendan Small, maybe not the best thing. Maybe you just go back and watch one of his great TV shows instead. Nice. So I mentioned. Um, uh, Insane crossovers. Mm-hmm. This week I read. I just. I just. I did this one for the team. Yeah, like I'm shocked. Grumpy Cat and Garfield, <laughs> two of the worst characters uh, in the world. It's true. I like to call Jim Grumpy Cat. Jim Davis, like no, the Jim creator. All of- no. oh, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so have you got any love for Garfield at all? As someone that I know loves classic cartoon strips, has Garfield ever entered your lexicon? No. The only co- sort of, like, yeah, I have no, I don't really, like, he hates Mondays, lasagna. Yeah. It's like all I know. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so this is the inevitable crossover of Grumpy Cat and Garfield because Dynamite owns the, uh, like, you know, proper issues format of Garfield and also licensed a meme to become a comic. Was, was Grumpy Cat even a meme? It was just someone that owned a cat that looked grumpy. Yeah, I think that's it. It's God just a cat that looks grumpy. And now it has a series of comics. It has like, yeah, there's, there's more Grumpy Cat. It has a movie. We need. That, what's the name from Parks and Recreation? Aubrey Plaza? Oh my God, really? She has the voice of. Really? Yeah, yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah. Um, so we should definitely do a commentary of that movie. Absolutely. Like an official comic book movie. Um, so yeah, Grumpy Cat and Garfield, in spite of, I, I don't, I'm not wanting to read this at all. It's written by Mark Evanier with art by Steve Yui. Um, they actually did a pretty okay setup of like, I was like, okay, I know this sucks. It knows it sucks, mm. but, um, it introduces like a spy agency and um, like a conglomerate with a, a, a guy who um, does a big press announcement on the television that he is going to um, create a device that makes cats more like dogs. Cool. And so we meet Garfield <laughs> and Grumpy. I don't know. No one needs this much critical analysis from no. this comic. <laughs> like, don't read this book. I don't know. Last time I tried to give like a half-assed analysis of a My Little Pony book, mm. I got ang- people. I, I, at least three listeners were angry about it. Really? So this is me trying to give Garfield and Grumpy Cat a bit more. A bit more thought. A bit more thought. My question is, who is this for? Because Garfield is not beloved by children. Grumpy Cat is beloved by children. Is this just to help, like, divorced dads you work- interact with their child children? <laughs> Fucking dark. <laughs> you, uh, you worked in a comic book shop long enough to know that there are, like, there's an audience for Garfield no. for some reason. No, yeah, I admit, but I don't think that the audience for Grumpy Cat crosses over with the audience for Garfield. Surely there are just people that just love cats enough to buy anything that has a cat in it. Look, if Lynn from Kings has taught us anything, as someone who will buy anything with a fucking dog in it, <laughs> there's got to be some kind of cat equivalent. Of well, that's a, that's a great segue for uh, Lockjaw Dog Days number one. Um, this is a, uh, a, a new kind of compilation book that Marvel put out, I guess, to celebrate the... Um, or maybe just to distract from the uh, critical reception <laughs> of the Inhumans TV show that's, that's coming out soon. Looks great, guys. Yeah, I can't wait. I got my tickets for the IMAX premiere. <laughs> I'm all in on this. I can't wait. I can't wait to see Big Black Bolt. <laughs> I. You, you, you're not expecting sec- me to say Bolt? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second I saw Medusa's wig, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. I'd, it's not good. It's a. Like, this, I feel like this one could, like, was like a no brainer. I know, and it's such a waste of great casting for Maximus the Mad. They've grounded it way too much. That's the problem. Fucking yes. Hopefully like, they go, oh man, this is not being well received. And then like the final episode is all of these characters being killed by the real Inhumans. <laughs> yep, I think yeah. that's a good call. Um, anyway, sorry. Dog Days, number one, featuring Lockjaw. It's just a series of uh, a, collect- a collected bunch of uh, stories featuring Lockjaw, the uh, teleporting uh, Inhuman pet. Um, and uh, some of them are from runs that I've read, like the uh, Jay Lee and um, Paul Jenkins in Humans uh, Marvel Knights run. I don't like the cover. Is that you're yeah, it? yeah, it's, it's just it's... some really bad dong anatomy. Yeah, his no legs good. look wonky. Wonky. His whole is way too flobby. Mm, agreed. My Lockjaw's, my Lockjaw, Lockjaw, he, he keeps in shape. <laughs> um, he has an F45 membership. <laughs> <laughs> you just are you trying to get more sponsorship from F45? Yeah, is that yeah, what no. this is? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. If I if I had teleporting powers like Lockjaw, I'd probably be flubby as well. But um, yeah, th- th- there's a there's a bunch of strips that are that showed up in like kind of more jokey formats, like the uh, 
uh, original Sins compilation books that Marvel put out, and then some classic Avengers tales featuring Lockjaw as well. So, uh, yeah, if you are a massive Lockjaw fan uh, and uh, want to fill the gaps in, in your in your collection, this is a, a good job of kind of, I don't know, showing you a different cross-section of Lockjaw throughout the ages. Now, because I read Grumpy Cat and Garfield, um, I uh, was not able to even like allow myself, hey, what's up, Shatterstar cameo? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Grunt, grunting away. Hey, Shatterstar, what did you think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Dimension X? He doesn't think much of it. I'll tell yeah. you what. Well, neither did I. <laughs> uh, I also uh, like thumbed through Skylanders number one. For why? Spyro and Friends. Full blast. Man, I liked the Spyro games. That's all I have to say about that. Um, do you reckon now that we've got the Crash Bandicoot collection, we'll get a Spyro collection? That's what Jim from Kings reckons. I reckon, yeah, sure. That'd be cool. Did you finish Crash Bandicoot collection? No, that game is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a Lobster Johnson one shot that I didn't really give too much thought to. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was a Xenoscope Robin Hood, Robin with a Y. She's um, sexy. Yeah, we read a, a, the uh, the Van Helsing number one last week that mm. was actually written by Chuck Dixon. Oh, my God. The Xenoscope, and it was actually pretty good. Hilarious. But uh, this Robin Hood did not do anything to grab me in the few pages I thumbed through. Nice. And finally, I tried to read a fan. Phantom comic. <laughs> um, Poor old Phantom. I don't even know if this is number one. Oh, no, it says 1B. Sorry, that's at 18. <laughs> uh, but there's a new Phantom comic and I it, and, and the first page, they called someone a Jap and I was like, I don't, oh, know, goodness I don't, gracious. I don't need to read this. Um, did you know that the Phantom exists in many, many countries and that only in Australia is he in the purple suit and that like in Italy, he's in a red suit and stuff like that? Really? How come Billy Zane was purple? Oh, no. Shatterstar Sorry. hates the Phantom. <laughs> The Australian version is obviously the best version, is what we've learned. Come here, little guy. Sorry, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to feed a baby while we record this. Um, me too, but I'm just better at it. Siobhan, is Shatterstar old enough to uh, roll a dice? <laughs> um, I mean, if we put it in his hand and then threw him, maybe. <laughs> we've got to throw your baby to roll the dice. Okay, let's go roll Shatterstar for Marvel, DC, or Image. Uh, every week we roll the dice and uh, in order to decide which which uh, order we review the, the regular issues of. Uh, so one to two uh, is DC, three to four Marvel, and five to six is Image. First up we get a six, so Image first, Woo. which is great because I actually think I read of all the publishers the most Image books this week. Oh man, I read like two. <laughs> <laughs> and then one, so uh, DC, we're going to do Image, then DC, then Marvel. Nice. Um, so uh, getting a little Marvel pile up. Um, let's talk about a book that I know you read too. Uh, let's talk about the end of Hadrian's Wall. Yeah, this is a series uh, written by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel, with art by Rod Rios and Eduardo Ferragato. Um, colors by sorry, letters by Troy Pateri as well. Um, this was a uh, like a, I guess like a murder mystery set in space that mm-hmm. that eventually became over eight issues much more about one murder and more about like uh, the kind of politics b- between Earth. And a space shuttle orbiting Earth, mm. um, and uh, this uh, basically the most of it was set uh, on a on one of the shuttles um, as they tried to. There was like a mutiny, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it kind of kind of became less and less about the murder to the point where I mean I know this is our fault for reading way too many comics and not rereading the issues before reading the new ones. Sometimes when you need to. Um, this ended, and I was satisfied with the ending. But then I was like, "Wait a minute, who killed the the guy that he was <laughs> that he was sent up to investigate?" Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't actually know. I don't remember that. Well, it was good anyway. Shadowstar remembers. Yeah, Shadowstar was like, "How dare you not reread? This is some lazy <laughs> podcasting, guys." Um, what did you think of Hadrian's Wall overall? Um, I really liked the series. I think it was something like really different. Um, the art made it. Um, 
feel like a very special book to me, I think. Um, and I was really satisfied with the ending. I love a good little eight-issue mini. I think they introduced a really interesting world, did a cool murder mystery in a different, interesting way. Um, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Sad I- ending, but like satisfying. I, yeah, I mean, it's but also like weirdly hopeful. Like, mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people died, but not everyone. <laughs> but these two guys didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was. It, it actually was a lot about this character's growth. Mm. Like you know, when I, when, of, when I grow, the stakes are a lot lower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like um, kind of weirdly about this one dude's divorce yeah. as like the central concept, really, in the end. But I liked that. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, like, if, if anything, just to check out. Um, I don't know if you've been. I don't know if you've been reading Secret Empire, but Rod Reese does a lot of the kind of. Um, those like, weird like semi dream sequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Those but, are. His art's awesome on that. Yeah. And, uh, if you want to see him, it's you know people compare it to Bill Senkovich, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, it's very very similar to that nice painted uh, style of, of, of art. Um, yeah. So Hadrian's Wall. Um, definitely one to pick up in trade. I don't know if they've. Put it out in two, two, two volumes, or they're just going to do the one. Hopefully, the one because it'd be, cool this would be a great one. eight issues in one. Agreed. Um, over to what else did you read? Sex Criminals number twenty. Woo! Um, again, following on for uh, the theme of we read way too many comics. Yeah, man, so, I need to like yeah. reread Sex Crims because yeah, I don't. Besides, obviously, like John and Susie, and then mm-hmm. like the gynecologist and Susie's friend, and the porn star, mm-hmm. and like I don't know, Kegel Face. Yep, I don't know who any other characters are. <laughs> And there was a kind of cliffhanger page turner at the end of this. And I was like, oh, I don't know who that, who that is. And, and it seemed quite important that I do know who it is. Uh, like, is it, the, is it the anime guy? No, it's the, the guy uh, at, at his desk at the end. Oh, yeah. Yep. I knew who the guy under the desk was. <laughs> yeah, totally. Me too. That, that's the important part. But um, yeah, I, 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 I thought this was a really great issue um, in that it finally, it, 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 you know, it... it I think this is how you make us like these two characters. Well, actually, I've always liked Susie. I think John came, like, uh, I was sympathetic towards him for mm. for a great deal of the issues, but the last, like, five issues or so, I'm just like, come on, not again. See, I like John way more than I like Susie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, uh, the direction that they're going to be going in now uh, will actually build them better as, uh, as separate people. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sad issue. Like it's man, this this comic is so there's so much that happens in this comic, and it's like it's really not like anything else. Like it's a it's got so much relationship stuff. It's got really like in depth conversations between characters about like sex and intimacy and personal identity and all this kind of stuff. And then it's also this story about fucking and stopping time. Like it's. So weird, but yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's hard to believe that this has only been 20 issues. Mm. It feels a lot so much more than that. Um, I'm trying to find the exact... Um, yeah. Uh, so, always read the uh, the Letter Daddies segment. Yeah. Which is their letter, um, letter column because it has some amazingly funny moments, but also mm-hmm. great moments of the craft that goes into their comics. And Matt Fraction talks about there being a spread in this book, this issue, that took as long as the whole rest of the thing put together to write. And then when Chip was done with the art, I got rid of all the words anyway. Ha ha. Writing is so fucking stupid, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of wordless panels um, in this issue um, that I think, yeah, definitely like show off what an excellent artist, um, you know, for the simplicity of some of his character designs. Mm. Chip Sadarsky is very, very good at 
showing everyone's kind of emotions and motivations with it just from their facial language. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, he's also a filthy pervert. That's right. Most importantly, a filthy Most pervert. Importantly. <laughs> I, I that's why I keep reading, guys. It's a great issue. Great yeah. issue. Even I, I felt dumb for not knowing who some of the characters are, but uh, if anything, it, it, it didn't. It didn't inspire me to stop reading the book. It made me go, I need to get those issues out and reread them. Yep. Also, make sure you get the uh, Joe Quinones uh, erotic cover variant. So Triple funny. X cover oh variant. Uh, he's basically done Howard the Duck, but it's um, Susie and John with John wearing a duck mask and then he's got like a strap on <laughs> underneath his duck mask. On his mouth. So you can call him Howard That's the Fuck. Very funny. Very funny. very good. I also, good and, and then Susie's holding a loaf of bread to feed John with the duck mask. Yep. Like, there's a lot there's a lot that's great about this <laughs> and it goes it goes to show that like I, I kind of like a lot of the funny visual humor in Howard the Duck which was uh, the run that Chip Zdarsky and um, Joe Quinones did together I was like oh that's classic Zdarsky but maybe it was a lot more Quinones than we thought Quinones very funny um, Extremity number six um, Woo! the Skybound book that has won our hearts by Daniel Warren Johnson uh, who wrote and drew this fucking thing and something I've always got to re-remind myself yeah. that it's, it's written it's been created written and, and then drawn by the same guy and then colours by Mike Spicer um, this is uh, the kind of uh, like high fantasy war book uh, between diff- like a space war book um, but it's also very much about family and the uh, the lengths that you will stick with your family, even at the grimmest of times. You know, when do you when do you have to leave your family? Mm. Um, and, and also, uh, like, what the the terrible things that war does to you. That's right. Um, and I think this was by far the grimmest issue mm-hmm. so far, um, but uh, a very satisfying read all the same. Yeah, and like goodness gracious, the art is so phenomenal. I'm trying to think of who it reminds me of. Like, there's sort of almost shades of kind of Stoko. Jeff Darrow, and yeah, Jeff those Darrow or kinds James of Stoko. people. Like, yeah, yeah. super, super high, um, super detailed, really high concept sci-fi fantasy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah. Goodness gracious, I love this book. Um, speaking of uh, Jeff Darrow, not Jeff Darrow, sorry, James Stoko. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we're really enjoying his Aliens Dead Orbit mm-hmm. um, on Dark Horse, which has one more issue left. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just read, was reading through solicitations today, and it looks like he's doing a um, one of the Edge of Venomverse issues as oh, well. Oh, cool. The Deadpool one. He's very good at Oh, no. Shatterstar, not a Deadpool fan. Sorry, Shatterstar. <laughs> um, Actually, the character of Shatterstar probably wasn't a Deadpool fan either, right? Yeah, you got to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> They were teammates on export. Thank you, Nate. <laughs> Thanks, Papa. <laughs> um, is that how you? That's how you like sing, sing Shatterstar to sleep. You, you you just tell him which heroes he bonded with and which ones he hates. <laughs> um, I read a bunch of image books that you didn't. Yeah. Um, Injection by Warren Ellis, Declan Shalvey, and Jordi Belair. Um, just an, an excellent uh, sci-fi book um, about a uh, kind of like underworld order of people who investigate scientific uh, like science and and mythical based mysteries um uh, what's it called psycho natural supernatural supernatural that's the word psychonatural <laughs> um and uh they're all every single character in this book is warren ellis <laughs> as in uh, so all the, warren ellis so the, books. The, the dialogue is, is excellent uh it gets quite gruesome in parts um and uh we uh, Basically, in the injection refers to a um, a sentient computer virus. It's like a living virus nice. that's in in the in in in, in the internet, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't seen it for quite a few issues, and it returns in this issue. Cool. So it was a fun, a fun return, fun issue. I mean, and the art by Declan Shalvey and Jody Belair is just so good, mm. so so good. Um, this is definitely a, a great one to to pick up in trade if you haven't read it at all. I, I couldn't recommend it enough. If you, we had a uh, a Warren Ellis thread. Uh, on our Serious Issues uh, Facebook group this week. People asking what we reckon our favourite Warren Ellis books are. Lots of different... I mean, everyone always goes to Transmetropolitan or, mm-hmm. or, or Planetary or The Authority. But um, I, I make the case that, like, Warren Ellis is kind of doing, like, you know, almost career best work in, at the moment. And uh, Injection is definitely right up there for me. Um, also read uh, The Walking Dead. Robert Kirkman, Charlie Adelard. Um, issue number 170, which sets up a new status quo. Gee whiz. Um, I think they may be moving from the like kind of community, like almost farm-based community. They're moving, they're moving to the big city. Oh, my goodness. They find an abandoned city in this issue. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, cool. I don't think that's spoiling. Yeah. I, didn't, no, I, didn't, I didn't give any life or death, but like, I think that's, a, that's an interesting way to take this. You know, can, can, they, can they set uh, society back up again? It's constantly impressive that they're managing to break new ground in this series, which is like 10 years old. Totally. And then, you know, there's like, for me, the reason I love this is that he set up so many characters and he's able to set up so many new characters as well that you, you, you have feelings for, you know, you don't want to see them ripped apart by, by zombies or each other. Um, and he loves, he's such a, so expertly, like, jumps from panel to panel showing you different glimpses into each of these characters' lives as they, you know, live in this shitty world. Nice. I love this book when it's good like this and this is a good issue. Mm. It's when he stops doing that, when he does like, you know, a big, big fight between characters and stuff like that. That's when I, that's when I don't enjoy this book, but I think that's the reason why people read this yeah. book, so I'm in the minority <laughs> for sure. Um, East of West by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragotta. Um, it is full on war in this uh, dystopian future in which uh, different parts of America are being uh, um, basically like, you know, sanctioned off into different places owned like different nations. Um, and all the nations are at war with each other. Um, the, uh, the the children of the apocalypse, the horsemen of the apocalypse, have returned. Um, have you read any of this before? Yeah, I read the first couple of issues, and then when it went on its first like massively long hiatus, I fell off. Um, it's this was a it, it's really really it's got a lot of momentum going now for like like enormous things happening. 
people people get bombed in this issue. Mm-hmm. People get beheaded in this issue. Whoa. It's got it all, Siobhan. I do. I should really catch up on it. I was reading um, in one of our super romantic evenings, Nate and I just randomly started reading. Um, like I read like volume six of Fantastic Four, Hickman's Fantastic Four run, and he was reading some of the new Avengers. And man, like that was such incredible comics. Like yeah, Hickman I- is so... So, so, so good. I think Dragota did a lot of um, the art, or Dragota, whatever, a lot of mm. the art in the in the in uh, some of the FF issues. Yeah, yeah, um, And uh, if you liked the pairing of Hickman and him together, like East of West is, is a very good book. Yeah. It's very, very Hickman. And also, like, uh, not quite as wordy as Black Monday Murders. Mm. It's a lot more kind of adventure action-based. Mm. Highly recommended. Mm. 34 issues are up to. Amazing. So that's a long run. Good on you, Hickman. Uh, 26, issue number 26 of uh, pretty much always the first book that I read whenever it comes out. Um, Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses by David Laffham, written and drawn by him. Um, and uh, look, this is, the, this is the massive, sprawling crime epic. Um, it's brilliantly drawn and written with uh, just like so many tragic characters, but none, no characters, um, have, uh, especially in, in Sunshine and Roses so far, are as tragic as the two characters that we see focused on here. Two people whose lives have just been completely ruined from by by the main characters of uh, of the of, of Stray Bullets, I guess overall. Um, and uh, I think uh, you know this it's able to mine an amount of a comedy from this extremely tragic situation, which I think is David Laffham's strongest uh, like factor as a writer. Mm. Um, and uh, look, I just I know I say this every time I review this, but someone else please read all the stray bullets <laughs> so I can talk to you about it. I don't know one, I think maybe Ben Marshall. Oh, yeah, who was uh, from uh, who runs Vivid, Vivid, uh, the graphic festival at Vivid, mm-hmm. um, at the Opera House. Um, I know I think he reads this mm. one month, month. I mean, we should have him on back again just so I can talk about stray bullets with somebody. Totally, I was thinking about graphic. When is the next when it's soon? Was it soon? <laughs> was that this year? I don't remember anymore. It, it's anyway, just, it was while I was on tour with Venga Boys. Yeah, so like November, nice. October, okay, November. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, imagine if they brought Rob Liefeld out. I would. That would be very exciting. I, have you ever listened to a podcast of Rob Liefeld? No, he seems like he's great value. Though. He's very, very entertaining. The person yeah. to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone on the phone? All right, cool. Nate, Nate reckons we should interview Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I'd do it. Um, I read. Um, sorry, just on the topic of Rob Liefeld because I haven't been able to really talk to anyone about comics except for Nate. Um, <laughs> and your baby. I read that Blood Strike. Reprint last week. Yeah, yeah. It was like my favorite thing I read last week. That was fucking great. So um, excellent comics. And and it and it leads into Brigade, which is cool. number, number one that um, Liefeld did, and I actually have the original number one of that. Nice. It's one of his uh, worth the least number ones. <laughs> when it comes to like trading cards that you rip out of the back. Amazing. Real fun. Um. So now that we've done Image, we're going to do DC reviews. Cool. Oh boy. Okay. Issue number twenty-eight of Superman. By uh, this was one. This was probably both of our favorite DC books. Yeah, for both part of last year. Yeah. Um, Up so until it, you could argue issue twenty six. <laughs> yeah, twenty. Yeah, twenty seven. Well, yeah. So this is the second part of the um, Declaration storyline, in which, uh, um, sorry, in Independence Day storyline, uh, in which uh, Clark and Lois and their son John Kent uh, go cross country. Uh, on a road trip across America, visiting various uh, war memorials and uh, important war sites, mm. while the two parents lecture their son <laughs> over and over and over again yeah. about I don't like 
Oh, it, 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 it wasn't anti-war enough for me, first of all. Yeah. It, yeah. It accepts that war was a part of history, which I'm fine with. Absolutely. But almost accepts that it will continue to be part of history. And that it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing. Did you, did you see that? Yeah. How, how, how much of this did you... Were you able to read? Uh, very, very little. I read, I picked up issue 27 and when I saw what it was, I was like, oh, I don't understand why this exists and didn't really bother re- reading the rest of it because it was very boring. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with this issue. I sort of flicked through it and was like, oh, it's more of the same. Boring, lame. And my like, I am, I am fine with the concept. It, I think the execution was just extremely poor. That's like yeah, 100%. I'm totally like I've read war comics before. I have read comics that are, you know, superhero comics that, you know, talk about the heroism of um, soldiers from various wars that America has been involved in, and I'm totally fine with that. This was just extremely dull. I don't think it did a very good characterization of Lois or Clark, which no. surprised me because I think Tomasi does a great job with those characters. Yeah. Um, and like I just don't I don't know who this was for like it struck me as like something that had been editorially mandated so that they had something to sell to schools or something (laughs) like that's sort of how it struck me um it was just very like very not for me yeah I'm not I'm not a fan of war I'm not a fan of the like glorifying war not to you know be dismissive of the sacrifice that anyone has made um but yeah, this just was. I don't. This was boring and patriotic in a way that I don't. Yeah, like. I, I, I put it out there on our group that like you know, do I not connect to this because I'm Australian and we have a different attitude towards war here? I feel like you know, like we, we there definitely are people that are that like in Australia that you know, the, their patriotism only exists as like you know because they're they're you know, their grandparents fought in the war and that, yeah. that's why they're patriotic. Um, and I get that, you know, my, my grandfather fought in the war too. Like, mm. you know, I, I, got, I get that, you know, respecting what they gave up so mm-hmm. that we could have our freedoms, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and, and, and I love, I, there are lots of media based around or based on war. Like, you know, I loved Dunkirk recently, the mm-hmm. movie. I um, see that. Last week I, 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 I said how much I enjoyed the the um, the second uh, volume of, of Rebels, which just wrapped mm-hmm. up last week, which is about the Revolutionary War. Um, and, you know, I mean, I love, like, my favourite kind of comics that Garth Ennis does are the war comics. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, he, he he even did, like, I mean, if you ever, ever get a chance to read his um, Nick Fury, the Fury Max series, he did My War Gone By, which talks about Nick Fury Sr.'s, like, role in the in the various mm. wars. And it, it kind of, he, and, and even, like, the way he depicts Punisher, Mm. As a soldier who who came home but never left the war, yeah. Like I think it it he's able to write characters that have a deep connection to the war, but doesn't expect the reader to have that same connection. Absolutely. And this book does. Yeah. Like it 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 is. It's I don't like if if you don't agree with. I don't, I don't know if he's putting an agenda for it. It's, I, it's, it was just a bizarre read. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't gauge the tone. It feels like it's written by, like, not just another, a different writer. It feels like it was written by a different species yeah. of person <laughs> who, uh, who wrote, you know, the, the first 25 issues of this excellent run of Superman. And also, like, there's something totally ludicrous about this incredibly serious, like, po-faced issue that then goes, next issue, Parallax. Yeah. Like, what the hell universe are we living in? It's so weird. And this issue ends with, like, after they go through memorials and, like, you know, I kind of, like, I, I, I get 
Lois kind of yeah, Lois talking is the about daughter the, very, of the totally of the general, all that kind of stuff. But like you know, just just talking talking John through like exhaustive histories of yeah. of various like landmarks and memorials and what they represent. And why does John Kent know so much about the Korean War? And there, I feel like there's a, <laughs> definitely a way to streamline it as well. Like we'll have it still having the same sentiment, like without just yes. beating kids over the heads, over their heads with yes. these like like. Even the the bits in um, DC: The New Frontier that reference the um, was what are the Korean War in that one, isn't it? Is it, is it Vietnam? Yeah, because how's in Vietnam and yeah, yeah, yeah. But Vietnam. the um, who are the 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 ones that end up in the the losers? Yep, there we go. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I was like they end up in the dinosaur place. Um, like that, I feel like has a more streamlined, positive sort of message about the sacrifice of war heroes. I think that that, like, it does a way better job. This run of Superman did two issues with the yes, losers from the New exactly. Frontier book, and which was it. way better at, yeah, talking about this, the, the horrors of war. I, I understand, like, you know, this is... Hilariously, it didn't even ship on the 4th of July. Yeah. But um, uh, it ends with Superman uh, meeting with a family, like, 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 you know, Lois Clark and John meeting mm. with a family who talk about their grandfather who never, whose body was never found. And then Superman tracks down the his bones. Bon- the, bo- the the skeleton of this man, like you know, Wraps in the it water, in an, American, in an flag. American flag, and then dumps it on his his wife's doorstep. <laughs> he is a skeleton with a, with a handwritten note from. Like, I just like heaps weird. What a fucking idiot! Why would you do that, Superman? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I really don't understand what this motherfucker was thinking. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too mad at it because it's clearly just like a two-issue filler thing and next we get a sick parallax story, so fine with that. But I just don't I don't know where this came from. I don't know why it exists. I don't know if anyone enjoyed it. I don't know who it's for. I don't get it. I also like, you know, th- this is the same guy that wrote Super Sons. Yeah. Which is like such a fun book that nails the tone of, you know, like a, a, a teen and a tween hanging yeah. out. Um, I don't understand how someone who has such a great grasp of how, how young people you know, emote and speak and, you know, he, like John Kent's like such a real character, but this, this issue was just, is a, just so far from that. Yeah. It's like this version of John Kent is a little wiener. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with him. Um, so I, for whatever reason, and I'm going to blame Scott Sheens. Nice. Uh, he, for one, the first time in, in his life he fucked up and didn't give me this issue of Batman. Oh no. So oh, tell, no. Me, tell me about it. If, oh uh, God, issue I'm going to look at it so I remember what actually happened. Well, it starts off with, um, Gordon, uh, Commissioner Gordon in his underpants, which was great. Like, <laughs> so this is how in- high up on the list of, of of DC characters that you'd like to see in their underpants was Gordon? Oh, like number one, oh, absolutely. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, this there's two. There is two different books this week, and I can't remember what the second one was. Where someone is ordered to um, go somewhere in their underpants. I can't remember what the other book was. Anyway, so in this, um, Gordon wants he's trying to talk to um, both sides of the war. The war has gone out of control, the war of jokes and riddles between the Joker and the Riddler. And the Riddler goes like, okay, Gordon, you can come to my side of the camp. And he gives him like this incredibly specific list of like, you have to come alone, you have to wear an orange jumpsuit, you have to have a hood on your head, be shackled, all this kind of stuff. And the Joker just goes, come in your undies, which I thought (laughs) was really good fun um, and really clever. And this has incredible art by Mikhail Janin, I'm really enjoying his work on this, and it's got um, Catwoman in a very classic Jim Balant era 
um, costume. So the opposite of the costume that she showed up in in the Bane Conquest issue this week. Oh, I didn't read that because oh. I've given up on it because the last issue annoyed me. Um, anyway, this was really good and it involves um, uh, the war of the – like a mini war within the war of between the snipers of Deathstroke and um, – Deadshot. Awesome. Deadshot, oh, man. really cool. I'm going to read Great this issue. immediately. Yeah. yeah. I'm really enjoying this 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 uh this arc. Yeah, it is actually that, it is really good fun. The Kite Man issue was 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 very very good. Yeah, and this Which also we see we see a little bit of Kite Man in this as well. The boy, the the, the true hero of Tom King's Batman run. Yep, good. Hell fun. yeah, um, Bang Conquest. I mentioned it. I'll just talk about it quickly. This is part four of twelve of this Chuck Dixon um, series with art by um, Graham Nolan. Um, I I was sticking with it because you were <laughs> <I didn't realize laughs> sorry. You <laughs> I don't know when this is set. It's basically Bane. I don't fucking know. Terry Shoulders Bane, if that helps. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, this one sees like Bane's enemy enlist the help of Catwoman to help thwart Bane and capture him. Um, and uh, the, the 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 guy that they the guy who's like just like a like a head with robotic arms. Uh. Um, he outsmarts Bane in this issue too. There's like it's like there's some smart ideas in this book, but I just it is a bit of a mess. It doesn't feel like it was written by Chuck Dixon, who mm. was very very good at crafting it. Uh, you know, a, a tight Batman story. Yeah, and, and Bane is like one of his creations too. So it's a shame that it, this kind of just feels like this weird nothing book that shouldn't exist. Totally. Should I give it up? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was a struggle to get through. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Deathstroke Defiance. Oh, sorry, Deathstroke issue number twenty-two. Uh, I guess it is Defiance now. Defiance mm. is the uh, superhero team that he's basically training, filled with uh, young kids. Um, they go up against a, a new foe. Dr. Light returns. Mm. Uh, what do you think about the use of Dr. Light in a post-identity crisis world? Um, I mean, I'm all right with it. Yep. Dr. Light, like now he has this added like extra icky element, um, but I think it works. It's fine. And he's a classic. He's a classic, um, like, because this is kind of basically now a Teen Titans book, which I'm all in favor of. And he is a classic Titans villain. Yeah. So I think it works. Yeah, sure. I mean, then they could have retconned the icky stuff too. You know, yeah. We just don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <coughs> at one point, maybe, maybe Deathstroke will be asked, did you rape Sue Dibney? <laughs> Does Sue Dibney exist in this timeline? <laughs> um, and she, did you rape her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is this book is, uh, is, is a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I've been uh, realizing that Christopher Priest, who writes this book, uh, is a... Very overlooked writer by me, and mm. so I've been uh, reading recently his uh, his Black Panther run and his The Crew run. Cool, I want to read that. He has a very unique way of dialogue that I didn't realize I loved so much. Mm. Um, like he just, you know, he pushes. He, you you you're not always a hundred percent aware of where the conversation is is going or, or or when it starts. You're like, oh, he just really throws you in the middle of conversations, and yeah, he does quippiness that isn't annoying. It's just, it feels quite natural. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's a he's a very good writer. Yeah, there's a lot to really enjoy about this um, run and this arc, and I like. I'm I'm really interested because maybe someone can help me out if this version of Terra has um, shown up in the DC Rebirth universe thus yeah, far. Because she shows up, and the first thing she says to um, Jericho is, "Is it Jericho? Was that a name? Um, Ravager? Ravager is um, you still a virgin? Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Terra is a sassy bitch, and I love her." I thought that was that wasn't a, like it could have been a real gross line, but I actually I, I was like, oh, now I know what kind of bitch this character. Yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's so perfect. It works really well, and I like how they've really been explicitly referencing the Judas contract in like the couple of issues that I've seen her, um, seen her show up in. It's good fun. Yeah, this is a cool run. I'm still there's still a, a few issues 
in between the second trade and this issue that I need to you know, catch up on so, mm. so I can fully grasp the story. But uh, I'm still enjoying it. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should definitely give this a shot with the last the last issue for the start of this new arc. It's, it's pretty fun. It's a lot more fun than Teen Titans is at the moment. Yeah, agreed. A better team too, IMO. Um, from uh, Vertigo this week, we got issue six of Savage Things by Justin Jordan um, and uh, art by... Somebody, Mustafa. Nice. Um, I don't know where, where where their names are written in the issue, but uh, this is the kind of uh, trained assassins taking New York hostage kind of uh, book, and uh, we learn a lot more backstory of the characters. Uh, I, I still don't like as as the one of the last you know as as potentially one of the last hurrahs of Vertigo. I, like I, I just don't understand this book's existence. Mm. Like it, it, it would make way more sense to me as a, as an image book than a Vertigo book. But you know, I'm still reading it. Whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but how about we talk about one of my favorite books of the week, Siobhan? Yeah. Um, we always love this when it comes out, and this issue in particular was awesome. Um, issue number eleven of uh, Shade: The Changing Girl by Cecil Castellucci and Marley Zarconi, um, with uh, a little backup. Um, so basically, like, like Shade the Changing Girl, the alien who has uh, come to Earth and taken over the body of a comatose teenager. Um, she is obsessed with an old 50 television show called Honey. Mm-hmm. And this, this issue sees her come face to face with the star of Honey. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, it not being the 50s anymore, um, the, actor, the actor is in her 90s, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and ready for death. Mm. Um, but um, after the main story, which was a really, really fun uh, mess that kind of showed what chaos Shade brings to Earth when she's yeah. wherever she is. The backup is um is a life with honey, like the kind of like a, a backup strip set in the uh, the television series of Honey. Um and this one had art by Marguerite Savage. So which good. Is, like, I just think these these backups are so they're I hope they so fun. I hope they all get collected really well. Agreed. Um, because they're such a big part of what makes this book great. But there's the, so much to love in this issue. Like I love um how the the there is all this like core plot still going on, but it keeps going in directions that I really didn't expect and yeah. becoming more and more complicated and more and more um, multi-layered in what's going on. And Marley Zarconi is such a fun artist. Like there's a double page spread of a sort of like fashion pinup where they're like paper dolls that's so cute and so well done. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So essentially she, she body swaps with, uh, with Honey. Um, the the actress who plays Honey, um, so so Shade the Changing Girl is now in the body of a ninety something year old ex actor, mm. and um and the actor who plays Honey is now like experiencing life again as a teenager, and seems like she's gonna find it hard to give her give the body back. I think that's gonna be a fun little fun little story arc. And there's like like added so much stuff. Like, I mean, I don't know if this is too much of a spoiler, but we find out that Shade is pregnant <laughs> somehow, and she hasn't had sex. Yeah, so we, yeah. Oh man. Fuck, it's, I love this book. It's yeah. so good. But you know what is the worst thing ever? What is the worst There's thing There's one ever? more issue of this left. Really? Yep. It's going on an indefinite hiatus and will return when Young Animal crosses over with DC. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Shut. What? I know. It's no good, is it? That's when such... did this happen? Um, it, uh, The last kind of month of solicitations. And Cecil Castellucci is like, like tweeted like, yeah, I've got so many more stories to tell with Shade, <sighs> but I just don't know what's going on. Oh, that sucks so much. Oh, I'm really sad about that. Yeah. That's a bad move, DC. And I know what like, dicks? The, like the concept of Shade is definitely a DC concept, but this yeah. is another another series with this creative team that would have done so well at Image. Yeah, and they're not going to be able to do this. Like, 
I don't see how they're going to follow through with this pregnancy story arc in the mainstream DC comic. They're not going to want to touch that. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm really bummed out by that. I don't know. Guys, what... let's try and support this comic. Everyone buy it and trade. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, like, I mean, yeah, definitely. try and send a message to DC that Young Animal is great and it's working and that we love it and um, that this book is excellent and has an audience. Yeah. And look, uh, we... We are extremely strong supporters of, of female creators, mm. and uh, that can be difficult when when you know when we we, we we don't blindly you know like no endlessly support every one of them and, and uh, like you know when th- this is like a, an all an all female team like from from the the writer to the colorist to the artist yeah and it's a it's it's one of my top five books of the year. And this again, yeah. This sorry, sorry to interrupt, but this strikes me again as like a mainstream publisher being really short-sighted in terms of sales, because this is something that I am sure will do great sales in trade, because that is how a lot of young female comic book fans purchase yeah. their comics, and it's very and frustrating. You would know you run a female comic book group called yeah. Kings. <laughs> yes, exactly. You should make Shade the Changing Girl Volume One. Uh, yeah, the next Queen's book. Agreed. Um, I mean, it's not because the next one is going to be um, Charles Soule's uh, She-Hulk. Oh, cool. Good run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, everyone listening, please check out Shade. I know we have a lot of listeners that gave it a chance and it wasn't for them. That's fine. Um, but uh, I think it's, you know, it's it's the least superhero-y of all of the Young Animal books, which yeah. I guess maybe is kind of it finding it hard to kind of have a bigger place in in the market share or whatever, but... I I just think it's it's a it's a brilliant book, Absolutely. A, a study of what it's like to be a teenager, and also mm-hmm. all the cool alien stuff and and fandom, and yeah, it's awesome and such beautiful art. Really, really, it's a beautiful book. Look, we're, we're mourning a book that may not necessarily be dead. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we love it that much. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so now we're going to talk about Marvel. Woo! Got a few Marvel books to talk about. Let's talk about all new Guardians of the Galaxy number seven first, written by Jerry Duggan, with fill in art by Greg Smallwood. So, what they're doing is the main story in the Guardians books is uh, being drawn by Aaron Cooter. And then every uh, second or third issue, they do a, uh, a, a one shot focusing on one of the members of the Guardians. So, we had that excellent Star Lord uh, issue that was drawn by um, Chris Samney. We had the, uh, another excellent issue mm-hmm. about Gamora that was uh, done by Fraser Irving mm-hmm. on art. And uh, yeah, now we get Greg Smallwood, who we loved on Moon Knight, um, doing, uh, doing a one all about Drax the Destroyer. Um, and uh, basically, it's explaining why he is, he's given up violence. And we learn a kind of like I've definitely read a, a similar story to this before, where the you know the big destroyer thinks he's doing the right thing by setting some slaves free and by by killing the person enslaving them uh, kills all the slaves too. Mm. Um, but uh, I think it's you know, it's a good way to kind of <coughs> make Drax a bit more interesting than just yeah. the destroyer. Um, and, and it's nice to see Greg Smallwood. Yeah, it is very good to see Greg Smallwood um, draw Drax the Destroyer in a classic Secret Wars. Um, Outfit, mm-hmm. uh, wielding a saxophone, just fucking wailing on the sax. So good. Um, so if you uh, if you already hated the fact that Star Lord is so connected to music, it looks like uh, Drax maybe as well. Yeah, I don't really understand the Drax on sax thing, but it's fine. Drax on sax, you just sold it to me. Like, like that's that's why I think it exists. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this is a cool run. I, I really like what Duggan is doing with like you kind of reclaiming these heroes in mm. in a in a in a kind of way that melds. I guess he's almost melding like the Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning cosmic run with the movie versions of them, and yeah. adding his own flair to it too, and just completely ignoring what Bendis did. It's a good call. <laughs> well played, Duggan. <laughs> um, Black Bolt number four 
This is kind of maybe my favorite Marvel book. Maybe. Like, it's certainly like one of them. It's really good. It's uh, good fun. Written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Christian Ward. Someone on our Facebook page, I'm <laughs> just like dragging someone. I can't even remember who said it, but they were like, I really like this book except for the art. You're bonkers, man. The art's one of the best things about this book. Um, I guess in this issue in particular, he does draw a lot of uh, familiar Marvel heroes, but in his own style that is not necessarily in line with what they look like drawn by other artists. Who cares? So, yeah, I know, I know, mm-hmm. I know. But I'm, I'm trying to I'm just give the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, all right? Um, I love all our listeners. <laughs> I hate them all. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Except the racist ones that I have to ban from the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Um, the, uh, so this issue, of all people to focus on, uh, this is a breakout issue. Um, and funnily enough, um, the... Uh, the last issue of Black Panther had like a, a big focus on Thunderball from the Wrecking Crew. Um, this issue focuses on the Absorbing Man, uh, mm. Crusher Creel, um, and gives a very, very thorough backstory and the kind of workings and, and goings on in his head. Uh, it's a very unlikely pairing, and I hope it isn't one that's over now because it kind of suggests that it may be by the end of this issue. Um, but I loved learning more about this character. Um, and I also love the idea of like, you know, being given a really high concept um, sci-fi kind of character like Black Bolt mm. um, and then just doing a really like, you know, ground level based hero, not so hero, like villain as his like kind of partner. Mm. Um, it's just, like the complete opposite of what you'd expect from a Black Bolt book. Um, and it, and it, the twists and turns that this book does, like this is in a, a lot of like exposition as we learn, like, you know, a lot of the backstory of, of, of Crusher Creel. <clears throat> it then... Um, gives you like it gave me a moment where i was like oh my god yes when lockjaw yes. shows up and, and then whoa what a good lockjaw and yeah brilliantly such a fun panel um and then uh but then the the, the next page i was like oh my god no yeah, like yeah, yeah. i was like, like the emotional roller coaster they went on in, in just two pages was uh was impressive and it's really like this is a really fun book because i don't know much about saladin ahmed as a writer but he seems like someone who knows a lot about the Marvel Universe and can see that sort of humor in some of the more ridiculous elements. Like there's a couple of moments of dialogue and exposition which kind of play on some some of the more funny things um, that have happened to Black Bolt and stuff like that. You know, uh, my ex-wife is now dating Human Torch. Etc. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah, really good fun. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Give Christian, give uh, Sal- what's his name? Salad and Ahmed more um, Marvel properties, please. Agreed. Uh, Avengers number 10 Did you read this one? Tying sure into did. Secret Empire uh, Mark Wade and Mike Del Mundo um, If you've been wondering What of the uh, Avengers team In Secret Empire um, that, uh, that that have teamed up With Captain America um, You've got uh, Superior Octopus Vision uh, Scarlet Witch Deadpool Taskmaster Odinson And Black Ant A motley crew If there ever was one And yeah. seemingly led Or at least kind of narrated This issue is narrated By, by Dr. Octopus mm. And I loved that yeah. I kind of hope that when Secret Empire is over, he's just on the Avengers team somehow. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, I thought this is a, this is just a fun fun little tie into the event. Um, yeah. That and I feel like this this kind of stuff has been missing from Secret Empire so far. Although I will say that I, I quite enjoyed that last issue, and we didn't get to talk about it. But the, did you like that one that ended with uh with uh Sam Wilson? Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was pretty good yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I really I really enjoyed this issue. I mean, it's pretty yeah. hard not to enjoy something drawn by Mike Del Mondo though. Agreed. Um, and also, it's hard to enjoy something that I think having like Taskmaster and uh, and Black Ant and Odinson together and talking. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a really fun issue, and I kind of wish that we got more of this. Totally, I love that. Like, Evil Vision and Evil Scarlet Witch are like super hot for each other again. Yeah, real fun. <laughs> real good fun. 
Um, I read uh, an issue of one of your least favorite books of the Ooh. year, Nick Fury, issue number five, oh, uh, written by favorite. James Robinson. You hated it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, art by ACO. Uh, this is like the uh, uh, just like super over the top. Nick Fury Jr. is a uh, super spy who is seemingly like unbeatable. Mm. Um, has like way too much tech, and just like every issue is a one shot adventure in which he like just you know does his like, eye patch solves the crime. Yeah, but this is him uh, on a holiday. Ah. Or is it, Siobhan? Oh, no. Turns out S.H.I.E.L.D. have sent him to a place where everyone is an assassin and he has to kill everyone in town. It's really, really fun. And not only does it feature a double-page spread, uh, on this double-page spread, if you turn the page to the second page, which is also <laughs> a spread, it says, see, so that's one, two, and then it says, Editor's note, to get the full effect of this panoramic scene, place two issues side-by-side side <laughs> for a four-page spread like only Aiko could bring you. <laughs> <laughs> like, why don't I like this book? I should really like it's it. It's so fun and silly. I, 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 I guess because there are there are, there are no stakes whatsoever. Mm. Like, the, you just know it's going to get wrapped up and everything will be fine by the end. People are going to die, and that's yeah. You know, and and Nick Fury Jr. will say some like quip as he kills the last person, and that's mm. that. Every issue does that. I, it's a, I, it's a really fun formula for me, and I love the art. So, and I mm. love the colors too. Yeah, the colors like the art looks great, and the colors are genuinely exceptional i just found it hard to follow and hard to read um michelle rosenberg doing the uh, amazing colors in this book yeah i don't know I, it annoyed me maybe yeah. I, maybe i should give it another his go. panel his layouts no, are a little wild to. you don't want to yeah fair enough Fuck all right it. not for everybody <laughs> uh jessica jones issue number 11 um was a surprise very good yeah. issue for me this week uh bend is doing some pretty good uh work with uh with Jessica, both Jessica Jones and Maria Hill, but most excitingly, um, the uh, art suddenly changes up from the regular Michael Gatos art to a classic kind of Shield espionage comic drawn by Javier Polito, um, and uh, everything looks like a like a sixties seventies kind it's of very comic. like Starenko vibes. Yes, definitely, um, and uh, not only it doesn't even like you don't you don't turn one page to turn a page and then suddenly it's Polito. The page doesn't even finish. It's just suddenly on the same page. It goes from um, Gatos to Polito and, uh, and 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 back in in like you know four or five pages. I thought it was super fun. Yeah, I love that double page spread of uh, her watching one of her other agents die. Yeah, um, I thought it was really really fun. I mean, look, Javier Polito is is a serious issues favorite. I I love his work. That's why I made the next um, Queens of Kings book, the um, She Hulk stuff that he yeah, did. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it ends with a really crazy cliffhanger as well. Yeah, like, damn it, Bendis, you got me. Yep, you, you, you got me. I also think that the, the, the last issue is the last issue. The oh, next really? issue is the last issue. Ah, nice. To be concluded. So it's, Can you just have Polito do the whole issue? Please, thank you. <laughs> Gatos is good, you know. Yeah, I, I get his, Yeah, returning to the alias style. But yeah, as soon as uh, Polito showed up, I was like, oh, more of this, please. Yeah. Just let Polito do like a big, big, crazy spy book. Yes, Yeah. please. Um, what Marvel books did you read that I didn't? Um, I also read issue nine of Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero's Hawkeye with colors by Jordi Belair. This is the um, Kate Bishop Hawkeye series. Which a lot of our listeners have said have, is like hitting its stride now. It really is. It's really good. We're now sort of um, entering, you know, the premise of this book was um, Hawkeye moving so that she could find out what's gone, what's happened to her dad and also as a result, her mother. Um and it's just a really solid book. The art gets better and better. This issue sees her in a like an underground fight club, which is like silly and really good fun. Um, and Kelly Thompson writes a really endearing Kate Bishop, who I 
like more and more every issue. And I think it's a sort of solid superhero slash spy book. They're doing a good job of kind of developing her little um, family, which um, is always sort of like disappointing when you get attached to uh, ancillary characters in books like this because you know that once this um, creative team leaves, you're not going to see these characters ever again. (laughs) Um, But I really enjoyed this and it ended on a cliffhanger, which I am into. And I love how much Madame Mask is um, Kate Bishop Hawkeye's sort of key villain. I think that's a really solid setup. It's a good book. I think you'd enjoy it if you um if you caught up on yeah, it. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll catch a trade when it comes out. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I um, feel bad that I dropped it now. And I also read issue eight of the Unstop- the Unstoppable Wasp, which I didn't realize was um the final issue. That's the end. Which I, like, this book started and I was like, I hate this. I don't know why I'm continuing to read it. And by the end, I was like, I love this book. I'm really disappointed that it's finished. Um, so this is written by Jeremy Whitley and um, art on this issue is by Rose Stein and Ted Brandt, which uh, you miss Elsa... Uh, what's, I can't pronounce her last name properly. Chatteria? Charitia? Whatever. Smashed you know it. who I mean. Chitawar- Chitari. Um, <laughs> Elsa Chitari. Because um, one of the things that made this book so great was like the level of style that the characters had and how like beautiful it looked. Like in this, for some reason, Jenna Van Dyne, who is a, you know, like fashion designer by trade, looks like some kind of bizarre 90s businesswoman. And there's a bit where she plugs in like an computer from the 80s and I was like I don't understand <laughs> I don't understand why that is like that but um I am super disappointed that this book is ending because they've done such a good job of developing these other characters around her and this sort of agents of girl verse of these kind of cool scientists and they've made Janet and um, Nadia this actually really endearing lovely character and I'm I'm sad that it's finishing and I hope that Marvel take advantage of what Jeremy Whitley has set up here because I think it could be something really great along the same line as um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. You know, like it, it seems like it would fit the same, the same audience would appreciate it. Maybe it's, the same audience, but a couple of years older. Even. So funny to hear you say this because you hated I the hated first it. Issue. I hated the concept. I hated everything about it. And, and I loved it. And then I stopped circle. reading it. Yeah. And this even, this book even deals with the um, Hank Pym as abuser um, story really well and like really sensitively and non like it usually annoys me when it gets um, brought up because I don't think anyone really handles it that well and this I think they did a really good job of it yeah amazing R.I.P. Unstoppable Wasp yeah I'm sad <laughs> I should have called this book The Stoppable Wasp yes good thanks, <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> those are the Marvel reviews the DC reviews and the image reviews for the week which leaves the other publishers um, so I kicked off my week of reading with these three books and I don't think it got anywhere near as good as the three, yeah, three yeah, books yeah. for the rest of the books. I am such a big fan of Lion Forge. Goodness gracious, they are putting out some incredible books. So they are basically doing the uh, English translated uh, of, of these two European books that we've been enjoying uh, immensely. Uh, one of them is called Jazz Maynard, which you got part three of this week. And the other one is called Aberato, which means from anger. And we've got part four of that this week. Um, Aberrado is written and drawn by Terry Labros, and uh, it is about uh, like in the future a man travels to Montreal and there is uh, uh, basically like a, a civil war of sorts yeah. um, between rebels and the government. Um, there is uh, a woman who has like uh, supernatural powers mm-hmm. um, or super super strength and that kind of thing. Um, and there, this is like so. Parts of this is like you know like. 
tactics between the rebels and the government. And then we also, you know, a big part of the story is this, this, this journey of this boy who's traveled to Montreal mm-hmm. um, and is in the middle of this awful war. And a, a girl that he meets at a, at a hostel is, is trapped with the rebels. Um, this issue was all action pretty much. Yeah. And, and just such well put together action. Um, I could see this, this is one of the few books that I would love to see as a movie. Mm. I never say that. I always am very satisfied with the comic mm. and I always get worried when I hear like, you know, I, I don't want to see the scalped TV show. Yeah, no, I love that comic too much. But this, I think because it's a, a six issue series and it's so meticulously plotted out. Yeah. And I think this would work really well if you treated this as a storyboard for a, for a, for a movie. Totally. But the art is exceptionally oh, beautiful. Yeah, and like the, the panel layouts and just like how well paced this whole, um, every issue is, is Super worthwhile, guys. So yeah, we've got two issues of this left, which means we've probably got like another three, four months until the trade comes out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a, a serious issue. Must get. Absolutely agreed. Listeners. Yeah, good fun. Um, Jazz Maynard, on the other hand, written by uh, Raul Roll, with illustrations by Roger. Roll and Roger. Um, or was it Raleigh? Raleigh, uh, Roger. Who could possibly say? Um, this is a, uh, a book about an ex-con who comes back to the, um, the neighborhood that he grew up in. And uh, is pretty immediately taken hostage. <laughs> mm. um, and basically, it's all about organized crime. Yep. And uh, being a sexy super spy. That's right. Um, I love this book. It's so, so great. much. Oh, man. The colors, the art, the basic concept. Um, yeah, everything about this I love. And even the bad guys are like debonair and suave. Yeah. And like have like a, an amazing style to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it, it reminds me of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has like even. Um, the the lead character looks looks like Howard Bebop. That's probably, yeah. that's probably the extent of the comparison. everyone's very cool and stylish. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. and you can imagine a soundtrack playing as it goes. But there's some heinous crime and violence mm. within this world. Um, again, just another another one that I just was not. Oh, expect- this is the other comic where someone goes in and um, to a hostage situation and they're underpants. That's right, the cop. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a phenomenal uh, cliffhanger at the yeah. end too. Yeah, yeah. So again, like, like there's just two great. Beautifully printed, especially Jasmine has a mm. fantastic thick cardboard cover. Um, and is it just? It's only three ninety nine an issue. Three ninety nine US. It's insane. Yeah. So um, yeah, please. Uh, uh, if if you if you see these on your shelves, pick them up, guys. Jasmine and Aberrado through Lion Forge. Um, there's a preview for a new book called Ghost Money, which looks really cool. Mm. Um, written by Terry Smolderin with illustrations by Dominique Bertail. Um, Looks really, really fun. Um, set in 2020. Um, they, they describe it as Homeland meets Mr. Robot. Yeah. Siobhan well, doesn't know what they are because she doesn't watch television. I have seen Mr. Robot season <laughs> one. See, I, I'm like, the, like Vault, I'll just read. I'll, I'll check Absolutely. out everything that, that Lion Forge have their name on now. Agreed. Except I think they do the Voltron comics. Maybe I don't need to check oh, yeah. that out. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, a little series through Dynamite um, that it's on their new line of uh, Atari-based comics. Mm-hmm. Um, Centipede issue two comes out this week. Um, Did you, you read issue one of that? No. It's fun. Like, you know, the, the game Centipede? Nope. No, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Spring chicken. <laughs> Is that what the typical young people still? I, I said that. I was like, that's You're the so creepiest old. thing I've You're ever so said. You're so old. You can't even <laughs> think of what you call young people anymore. You millennial fuck. <laughs> 
Um, Sword Quest, issue number two, uh, written by Chad Bowers, Chris Sims, and art by Ghost Writer X. Um, this is about the, uh, a, a man who uh, finds out he gets, has cancer, moves back in with his mother, um, and finds his old Atari and Sword Quest game, uh, complete with manual, that uh, basically, like... It, it, is introduces like that. There's more of a much more uh, mystery to to the game than uh, than it being just a plain old video game. He he learns that you know there's a, there's an actual sword and that it's his destiny to own that sword. And he joins up. A, he basically reunites with his childhood friends who they used to play this game with constantly. And then someone who, who claims to basically like it becomes more and more like a fantasy mm. um, as the book continues. I love this book. I love the art. I, it's so such an interesting concept, yep. such an interesting way of like building on this video game world. That like I don't know anything about this video game. I've never heard of it. I've never I have zero um, attachment to it, um, and I love this. Yeah, and the fact that like normally if you get a book, a story like this in a movie or a comic book, the the, the hero would be like this like teenager mm-hmm. or like some like dude who's who's doing fine like we have instead the hero is like this deeply flawed and dying character yeah and i just think that brings such a different vibe to the, to the book it's it's one of my favorite comics coming out today yeah it's very interesting and it's based on a uh, an 80s video game that was ridiculously basic mm. <laughs> that i have no connection to whatsoever um one of the most uh surprising uh hits of the year for me agreed um, check out sword quest uh out through dynamite and uh yeah and and, and centipede 2 which comes out this week mm. siobhan that's the end of our reviews which Yay. means maybe we should talk about some of the uh some of the other books coming out this week i'm just going to tell you three picks that i reckon everyone should check out nice uh one of them is a new book written by our favorite colorist geordie belair um she's written it with vanessa del rey and uh, clayton cowles is involved as well um and it's called redlands and it looks like it's all about witches and stuff cool out through image this week redlands number one um we mentioned tom king and his batman run earlier in this episode but uh the issue one of 12 uh for his mr miracle series with uh mitch jareds Mm -hmm. who was the artist on sheriff of babylon through vertigo which i loved (coughs) uh those two are teaming up to do yeah an entire series uh celebrating the tom the uh, jack kirby creation mr miracle the escape artist I am interested. Mr. Miracle um, and Big Barter are two of my favorite Kirby creations and favorite DC characters. Because of their involvement in uh, D- the uh, Just- Justice League United? Justice League International, International? absolutely. Sorry, yeah. um, and just also like they're, you know, <laughs> they're the strongest marriage in comics and they are um, super sweet and Big Barter is such an incredible creation. Um, and I'm interested... Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that part of it in this comic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to see what this is because this looks much more like in the vein of Tom King's Vision series. So it's a much more sort of serious, grounded, maybe different take on these characters than we've seen. And I sort of love Kirby for like the really high fantasy element. So I'm, uh, I'm keen because I like Tom King and I like Mitch Jarrods, but I'm I'm tentative. I think if we were doing the podcast and we read the pitch for The Vision before mm. reading True. The Vision, you would have been down on The Vision. I disagree. Were you? Really? Because <laughs> I think the concept is so strong for the vision. And yeah, I have right. less of an attachment to the vision. Okay, as a right, character. sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I'm still like, I'm, I'm totally going to give this a go because it's Mr. Miracle. Fuck yeah. Awesome. Um, and then um, we mentioned him earlier. Christopher Priest is doing, is back at Marvel, which cool. is very surprising because they had a very uh, a bad separation um, yeah. after his Black Panther run, um, where I think he, he left because he kept, he would only ever get asked to write black characters. Mm. 
Um, so here he is doing a, uh, a limited series uh, called Inhumans, the Once and Future Kings. Interesting. Um, which uh, looks looks like really great. Um, yeah. so I read a preview of it the other day. It's that classic priest dialogue. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very keen to jump on board. Nice. How about you? Got any, anything to add to that list? No, I, to check I haven't out? really looked at that list because <laughs> I'm... I, have barely slept. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. Um, so that is it for the episode right now. But in fact, if you would like to hear more of Siobhan and I this week, we are mm-hmm. about to record a graphic novel. Woo! little half hour for Patreons only. If you want to join our Patreon, just a couple bucks a month um, gets you access to all the bonus material that we record. So far, it's only been like 40 minutes. We're about to bump it up over an hour, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, so patreon.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Um, there are a bunch of other things that we are slowly going to try and trickle out <laughs> to our um, supporters. We very much appreciate the support uh, during a time where neither of us have the time to actually <laughs> do any of the things we promised. I have the newsletter ready to go. Nice. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think we should maybe make it bi-monthly instead of monthly <laughs> until I get better at uh, managing my time for Serious Issues better. Um, I also just wanted to say quickly, um, thanks to everyone who sent me kind wishes on the birth of Shatterstaff. That was really, um, really nice. We have a really lovely community. We do. And um, and a lot of them have started podcasts in the last week. It's so cute. I love how many people are friends now because of our stupid show. Yeah, it's really, really cool. In fact, uh, I, I'm going to try and do a like a little focus on all of the, uh, the, the podcast within our listeners community, mm. um, starting with a podcast that we were both on um, yeah. la- last month. Yes, and um, I totally like, because I literally just given birth i didn't have the chance to um thank morgan or repost or anything but check it out i did a podcast the podcast is called what do you make um and it is hosted and run by our friend morgan who lives in brisbane and came down to sydney and recorded an episode with siobhan and an episode with me mm-hmm. uh your episode is uh very much about comics how yep. you got into comics what you like and don't like about comics what's problematic about liking comics sometimes mm-hmm. and so- it was fun uh getting to talk to morgan about um a lot of the time if i'd I have done a couple of interviews and a lot of the time you get asked sort of the same questions and this was a very different um, kind of interview. What's it like really being a girl who likes comics? Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. My tits get in the way all the time. <laughs> I can't even see the books. <laughs> um, and then my episode was uh, a, a complete and utter mess because I recorded it with Morgan before going to a gig and I ended up making him get in my car <laughs> and I drove to my gig while holding a microphone Amazing. in one hand. And at one point we go past a police officer and Morgan ripped the mic out of my hand because he was worried that we'd get in trouble for holding a <laughs> microphone while driving. I was like, you can podcast while driving. That's not a law yet. It will be, but right now it isn't. Uh, so yeah, what do you make? Go check it out on iTunes. Um, make sure that uh, the downloads of our episodes are way higher than all these other pathetic guests. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll be trying to do a spotlight on the various podcasts from within the series. It's community in the upcoming weeks. If you'd like to join that community, you can find us online, facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast, or you can just like our page, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast. Again, we're on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues or individually. Siobhan is at Siobhan CBG. Yep. Um, and I am at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, on Twitter and Instagram for both of us. Uh, and finally, you can send us an email, issues at kingscomics.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Now that you're back, let's bring back something else, Siobhan. Oh, yeah. Oh, do I have to say it? Yeah, you have to. Oh, okay, stay serious. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. 
You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.